Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Week 5 College Football Betting Recap and Week 6 Look Ahead. I'm stuck in joining me, as always, my co-host, Colin Wilson. Fresh off a uh, underwear change, sweep on the show, good vibes. The uh, terrorist bet won just now uh, with uh, Team Europe and the Ryder Cup. But uh, unfortunately, not all good things this weekend because Arkansas uh, was disappointed you. But you got that over, which was nice. But uh, any quick thoughts on, on your hogs in that game? Well, I mean, I'll just echo things that you say. Stay humble, stay hungry. Everything I wrote this past week, cashed. Almost, I made 10 units in the app. The wallet was nice and uh, thick this morning. And yeah, Team Europe brought home my uh, anti-American bet. But, you know, like I said, stay humble. Stay hungry. I've got weeks to go on the Saturday morning show to to get up to your level, and uh, it, but I'm glad it's back on. I don't know if the first three weeks there were some horrible bad beats, the two lanes, the West Virginias. There's you know things are starting to play out the way that I break them down analytically, and and I think we're ready to just clean up October here. Yeah, they're still happening for me, but uh, <laughs> I mean I I had Northwestern who throws a pick with two to go, and James Franklin runs a fake knee with the backup quarterback and throws a touch. Is this, a, this, I hope there's some voicemails about it. I was, it was so absolutely stunning to me uh, that that happened that I couldn't even be mad. I was just laughing. You know, when it's like so un, something so unfathomable happens that you just like start laughing out loud. Like, like that's, that was what that was to me. Um, so that was horrendous. Is, uh, is this the third time this season that Franklin knows? Like something wonky has happened in three of five games. Franklin has known what the spread is. 
I guess he's take take care of his boosters in a state where betting is legal now. Uh, yeah, that one was so cruel. So I'm getting a lot of front door covers, but I, I always try to tell people this: you have to keep perspective. You can't you can't tilt. You can't dwell on it. Those are going to happen. And I went la- a whole year almost last year, where like they those things only happened for me, right? And just like we talk about teams and regression, there's also just general betting regression for yourself, either positive and negative, right? You're going through a stretch where there's a lot of bad beats. That's probably going to even itself out and vice versa. So uh, I got to pay some fines this year to the gambling gods. I get that. But uh, some good, some good easy wins. Uh, I told you not to trust your boy. You got to say his name first or last. I said, I tweeted that out last night. Otherwise I'm going to sit in silence. What do you want it now? You want me to talk about how Billy Napier finally took uh, that money out is. of my pocket. I uh, thank you, Billy Napier. You know what? You finally showed up. I've been waiting for you all season. I actually had a little glimmer of hope that Florida was a bowl team, a strong bowl team, but uh, you ripped that out for me, Billy Napier. Thank you, sir. Good to see you back. Ray Davis. What a game. If that wasn't a blowout, could have ran for 400 yards. I think he had 200 yards rushing with 12 to go in the second quarter. Uh, What a performance. And what else did we learn? Um, Another bad beat if you bet a Notre Dame game. If you had Duke, that was brutal. And just how sports are crazy. Like, just the a game of inches, right? Like, Notre Dame drops a pick against Ohio State. How much does that narrative change? Then it's Ohio State has major problems, and Notre Dame is getting college football playoff talk. Fast forward a week, Notre Dame gets a miracle you know, conversion late, if they don't get that, Duke's undefeated. We're talking about the upside of Duke, and Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt. Just brutal, brutal. Uh, he was on crutches at the end. Great show sportsmanship between uh, Sam Hartman, the always classy Sam Hartman and Leonard when they embraced each other. But you got to feel for Leonard. But say Notre Dame doesn't convert that fourth down, Leonard does never is in the game then, and then he's healthy. And it's a whole different narrative with Duke. So, yeah, yep. football game of inches can change so many things. And I just think the continued storyline of this season is there is no elite dominant team. And we saw that with Georgia against Auburn. Georgia struggling against Auburn. Uh, they pulled that game out. Credit to them. But there's just not like a, a team that's, you know, we've as we've seen in the past, I don't know, 10 years, where there's always like one or two teams that are a touchdown better than the next tier. There's just a massive group of 10 to 15 teams yep. that legitimately have a shot at the college football playoff and legitimately could win it because there's just not that separation. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got 11 teams. They're all power rated within a touchdown at the top. Georgia's completely lost their ground to Texas. Uh, the other teams in my top, I mean, oh, I think Ohio State, Washington, Oregon, they're all the same rating. And, you know, this graphic that... <laughs> This graphic that Brett puts out, the top eight that we have, like people don't under, like the Florida State fans are after me. They're killing me. But what they don't realize is like, I would have them as a five point underdog to Georgia. They just didn't make the graphic. Like there's literally that many teams that I think that could win the national title. This is going to be exciting coming down to the end. Before we get into the voicemails, I got to ask you though, how did you run out of Brett Bielema uh, pictures to send me? You only had like three. That was such (laughs) a bad pick by me. I was out. Out and it was a good time being out in Lexington yesterday. So I didn't have as much time as I would have liked to devote to uh, 
the Beatle and pictures. Um, so you got off the hook there. Uh, I will say that, you know, coming into this weekend, I would argue that Texas, good, good call there against uh, Kansas, Texas and Washington were just performance-based, were the two most impressive teams in the country to me. Texas showed that again, a 26-point win over Kansas, uh, a good Kansas team. But Washington, look, my question with them is their past day. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, we, we could start, we'll do bet, regret, best call, worst call now before we get into the voicemails, of course. Penix goes bonkers again, throws for what, 400 yards, nine yards per attempt. But they haven't faced a passing offense. They literally haven't faced an offense that's capable of throwing the ball, right? Like you look at the teams that they faced, Cal, I mean, and Cal threw for like 400 yards with Ben Finley. Um, the Michigan State, Tulsa with their backup quarterback, Boise, you know, these teams can't really throw it. Then they face Arizona, great receivers, but backup quarterback. And they certainly had some success moving the ball. So that's my main question with Washington. And we'll get that answered because they're going to go up against uh, Oregon. We can't wait for that game. If there's a bye first, then they play in two weeks. You know, then USC. So we'll see if what that potential weakness is. And then with Texas, it's the run game. Can the run game get going? That's kind of just the only missing piece. But yeah, I would say so far the best resume, it's got to be Texas. They had the best win too uh, at Alabama, um, which has to mean something this year because the Florida State win over LSU looks worse and worse. LSU can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, I mean, it's bad. Uh, so yeah, bet regret was Arizona. I just thought that was, I, I thought Fafita would be able to move the ball and bet them. Um, best call, I'll say Kentucky. And. Worst call, I'll say Iowa State. I'll give Oklahoma some credit. They uh, a good, well-deserved cover and win there. If you uh, look at the box score, uh, so so I was wrong there. I'll say that is my uh, worst call. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret. Yeah, I mean, best call. I mean, I'm not gonna you know, take too long patting myself on the back, but I will say there are games where. I absolutely nailed them. Uh, two of the bigger ones, LSU Ole Miss. Uh, the over was the easiest bet I've ever made in my life. That's bet, that's bet regret. I, <laughs> someone said to me, I said, all right, this game is, I tweeted out, this game is going exactly how I handicapped it. Let's hope we're the last team at the ball. Someone said, so why didn't you bet the over? And I retweeted and said, because I'm a moron, uh, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, and I, I, mean, I, said, I said on the pod, like if I can get plus seven on both sides, which I did with LSU, I just didn't come back on Ole Miss because I thought the, the lead was pretty comfortable for LSU in the fourth quarter. So I, I, I didn't think I needed to come all the way back on plus seven for Ole Miss. Um, but, you know, outside of that, the Arkansas game, it went exactly. It was as handicapped. High defensive havoc, high number of explosive plays. This wasn't a game where they methodically charged up and down the field. It was all based on explosives and havoc touchdowns, tremendous havoc touchdowns. And I think, you know, that people have always asked me, like, why do you put out the havoc ratings on Monday? Like, what what purpose do they serve? Because this is what happens when you put two high defensive havoc teams against offensive lines that can't protect their quarterbacks, instant touchdowns on the other side of the field. The biggest chance of scoop and score and pick sixes happen with that. So I think from a you know a best call perspective, we'll, we'll say that you know nailing those two big ones was a lot of fun. But I mean, I missed on Florida completely. I'll let you talk about it. But Kentucky just, I mean, that, that the joke that I made about you know trying to find your way back to Gainesville, the, the quickest path is through the middle of the Florida defense. That's true. They were absolutely god awful. I would like to thank Kentucky for what playing possum for a month before they came out showed us who they really were. 
Like I mean, they were, yeah, they were it was right. a tough game to handicap because Kentucky didn't play anybody. And, you know, so that that's going to happen every year in college football. You, you get the conference play and you have these teams that played a joke non-conference and your data points are like, uh, how do I really evaluate this team? That was definitely Kentucky. So there was certainly, I, I was, you know, I loved Kentucky, but I, there was some, I was hesitant to, to fire there. Cause I was like, you know, they, they were, they didn't score in the first half against Eastern Kentucky. Um, so, but then, and then Florida's data points, you know, they have the, the tougher schedule, but like Utah, you can't, I mean, Utah can't move the ball against anyone now with their backup quarterbacks. Um, so the, you know, and then they played Charlotte, they played McNeese and I'm not a Tennessee guy. So, um, you know, that was a, just a great spot at home. So, but yeah, both those teams were hard to gauge, but the Kentucky, uh, proved that I think that they're the potential, uh, threat sleeper threat to Georgia. Uh, it's tough to, it's going to be tough for them to win the game, uh, in Athens at night, uh, especially because Georgia's coming off a game there, you know, you're they're the cats are going to get Georgia's full attention here, especially how Kentucky looked and how Georgia looked last week. And you're going to need to get more from Leary. You're going to, they're going to have to clean up the drops and Leary's definitely still dealing with like a mechanical issue with his shoulder. And it, it he just went really nine for impacts, 20, though, right? Yeah. Just nine. Yeah, for it 20. impacts his accuracy. He missed a wide open touchdown. He missed a couple other easy throws and it's especially early in the game. It seems like later in the game, I mean, he wasn't needed this week, but, if you look at the splits between the first and second half, he gets a little more accurate. But here's the thing. If you can't be, you can't go into a place like Georgia and get, and fall way behind, right? Like you could afford to do that against, look bad against Eastern Kentucky, Akron's like, eh. but that, if he's inaccurate early on, that could be the uh, death of Kentucky starting with uh, this weekend at Georgia. But uh yeah, your worst call, uh, uh, bet regret, Jimmy, bet regret. Oh, absolutely. It was West Virginia. I have a lot of respect for some people in the market that were on TCU, and, and West Virginia is a team that I took a season win total over on. I left Big 12 Media Days thinking this team has a bruising trench ground impact personality, and they're going to try to enforce that on everybody. And if you can't stop them, especially a three three five front that – wasn't real good at stopping the rush in the first place, then West Virginia is just going to go, like you said before you, we started hitting record. They're a service academy now, and they're just going to beat you up and grind clock and beat you in the red zone. And that's what they did against TCU. So definitely bet regret on that because, I mean, I already have a season win total, so I'm going to make some money on them, but I just wanted to keep playing them week after week. Yeah, it was a good spot for TCU uh, on paper, but I- – I like the way I think of, like I told you, but you just alluded to it. I, I look at West Virginia as like a service Academy light power five program this year and the way they want to play. So I don't want to lay, you know, double digits against them. I mean, they ran it 43 times for 201 yards, just grinding down the field, throwing the new clock rules. And then all of a sudden it just becomes very difficult to cover a big number. I did not expect TCU I mean, West Virginia to win that game outright, I'll tell you that. So that was an impressive win. Their only loss in the season is to Penn State at Penn State, uh, and another James Franklin front door cover special. But uh, let, I, I hope that there's – it's going to make me feel better if there's some people yelling about James Franklin to make me feel uh, – it'll just uh, – I don't know. It'll give me some he warmth have his for own a little hotline. bit. When are we going to give Franklin his own hotline? We, yeah, we do need his own hot, uh, hotline. We got producers. Maybe we can uh, get a James Franklin hotline. Who's Penn State? Penn State has like a buy in UMass, so – 
Um, <laughs> I won't, but then they got Ohio State. But they, Penn State has nothing for the next two weeks. Offense is still a little like – there's still some questions there. Uh, I mean, it was 10-10. It was, Northwestern was up 10-3, like 30 seconds to go in the first half. So there's, I still need to see a little more from Penn State's offense. I'm talking for national title ceiling, right? We're trying to figure out who's uh, – that's my question with Penn State, right? The defense is there. Um, Aller's not making mistakes. But can the offense of explosiveness and the running game go to the next level over the rest of the year? Um you know, we're not going to get too many data points in the Big Ten because there's just a lack of depth. But oh, against Ohio State, and then obviously Michigan, but against Ohio State and improved Ohio State defense, that'll be what we talk about there. Uh, but that's a couple weeks away. But let's uh, let's get into the voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Hey, guys. Love the show. Just got to call in. And I seriously mean you. You, Mass, you talk on them all year last year and turn around and say, ooh, a couple transfers. Now they're good. Arkansas State's really bad. 50 points. That's how much they put on UMass. UMass stinks. I cannot believe I bet against UMass all year last year to turn around and bet for them. Oh, f- you guys. Seriously, love the pod. Jalen Rayner had six throwing touchdowns for Arkansas State. I didn't see that one coming. Jalen Rayner, true freshman, made his first start last week, beat uh, Southern Miss. And uh, I said to myself, you know, it's a lot of times you see these these quarterbacks you know, you saw it with the kid with La Tech. He looked awful against UTEP. Um, you know, they you know, teams don't have tape on them. They come out, their first start, they look really good, and then they kind of fizzle, right? And this is a true freshman. So I didn't, like, fully believe in him for one good game. He made me a believer. Arkansas State, Butch might have something there. It, UMS's offense did its part. I mean, they're, they're, their offense has been good. They're, they're putting up, like, 400 yards of offense every game. Did not expect them to give up 52. Jalen Rayner, 20 of 25, 383, six touchdowns, no interceptions. All right, that's a, a a flawless game. Yeah, you, throw, you, throw, you mean to add on to that? Yeah. All right, so the national average for available yards is 44% in the game. Arkansas State achieved almost double that, 80%. Uh, and then to top it off, you're supposed to have national average about one explosive drive per game. Arkansas State had 11 drives. Six of them were explosive drives. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. I just, yeah, it was a terrible call. Uh, I tip my cap to Rayner and Arkansas State. Uh, they get a huge upgrade on offense um, mm-hmm. because now I have two data points and they are very, very good. Um, so, yeah, if you bet Arkansas State, great call. I had UMass. I'm burning. I have to, I'm going to burn all my UMass gear on the podcast <laughs> this week. But my wife is concerned I'll burn the house down, so I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Um, so, anyway, moving on. It's RJ. Hey, uh, somehow, I don't know why, but I listened to you tell me to bet UMass against Arkansas State. I mean, Colin had a really, really good breakdown. I mean, he felt so confident. Last time he felt that confident, he took a three home from a Fayetteville bar. Guys, UMass? Are you kidding me? Adam in L.A., I'm going to blame myself for following the trash segment 
as I am watching UMass. UMass, you must not bet this team ever again. What up, boys? It's Alex from Florida. Great call on Auburn. Can't believe we won that bet with 45 passing yards. But with that being said, just because we cashed that, don't think we're going to let UMass slide. UMass, more like you ass, bro. Cannot wait for two weeks from now when they play Penn State and James Franklin goes for it on fourth down to go up 64 points to cover the 63-point spread. UMass, are you kidding me? All day. Got a lot of good bets on the line. Hey, UMass, minus three, plus three, plus four, doesn't matter. It's tied to every parlay. Every parlay's winning. It's okay. I'll hedge. Halftime. Let's get the UMass plus 17 and a half. That's fine. All good. Tyson Pomachon. What a f- bomb. No wonder. Dude, I'm a Clemson fan. No wonder we cut his ass. Like, UMass sucks. Please stop putting out UMass lines on this podcast. All I want is Division One, like, actual legit teams. Get the f- out of here with this UMass Jesus Christ, I wasn't going to call, but UMass, UMass, I'm sitting here drinking beers in my living room, trying to have a nice day, and Stucky tells me to call you, bet UMass, what the, I am so, I I don't even know what to say right now, the rest of my day could go downhill, but UMass, God dang it. Uh man, you, this is, is, this is what game. happens. This is what happens when you're good on the show and good on the app. You get all of your voicemails are about UMass. Well, this is what happens when you agree with the trash. So we, yeah. we were convincing, and people, it's it's trash for a reason. It's been very good to me, but there's going to be times where it you, it just looks awful. And yeah, pe- people, there's nothing people hate more than the island. You lose an island game in the week uh, on a weekday, and then if you bet a really bad team, and then you got to sit there and watch them. Uh, get crushed. The uh, Pumachan was fine, by the way. The offense was fine. They they they, they just couldn't get a, a stop. They made Rainer look like Mahomes. Um, so yeah, and I know people are going to do this anyway, but don't parlay all of the picks. I always tell people this. I'm like, there's nothing you to people that are trying to give out picks, content creators trying to get into the space. I'm like, people. Some people are just never going to be happy unless you go ten and zero because they're going to. They're gonna parlay all ten of your picks that you give out, but don't do that. That's just gonna. I mean, it's just the that's just the way to the poorhouse. But uh, uh, yeah, UMass got the people riled up. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. 
in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Here, let's uh, let's move on to some other games. Yeah, it's halftime of the Arkansas-Texas A&M game, and I'm still waiting for that explosiveness that Colin Wilson promised us. The only explosive thing about this Arkansas offense is Sam Pittman's hit popping out of his shirt. Between this and Dino Babers, I might have a coronary before 3 o'clock. Good God. You know, Sam Pittman, that guy can go himself. He's a coach. You KJ Jefferson, who's 6'4", 220, and you're running a pistol on a fourth and one. What the are you doing? They should make him walk back to Fayetteville. him, team, fire that guy into the sun. I don't think it's a bad beat, but it's just a call-out for that Colin Tommy Wilson over there. I turned on the Big Bet on Campus podcast and hear that he bets for Team Europe to win the Ryder Cup, and then he bets against his own university? Get it together, man. Shame on you. You go root for those fake soldier milkmen at A&M? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to talk about the Arkansas game, first off, Coach Pittman, if you do listen, I do not condone the uh, the social media hazing that you've been going through. I have no clue if he's gotten going to get back on Twitter anytime soon, but the Arkansas offense was terrible, right? I mean, there was a reason why that number was caving in from six, six and a half, six down to five and a half. And I still thought that Texas A&M was going to be the winner. And this Arkansas offense is just broken. And when you take out Luke Haas, who, what, had a broken clavicle, he's pretty much done for the season. Maybe I think Pittman said after the game he could play in a bowl if they happen to make the postseason. There were injuries that came up. Um, There was about a nine-minute presser after the game, and Pittman was asked, over like he took fielded multiple questions about that fourth and one. Why in the world on your own 40, are you running fourth and one with KJ back in shotgun? Why are you not sneaking the ball? KJ Jefferson is going to sneak the ball 200 times in the, in his NFL career someday. He is a tank and that is the most low risk play you can run is sneaking the ball. And Dan Enos, you're back on the firing squad on the BBOC action network podcast, uh, whatever sports action. Like we listen, you were bad at Central Michigan. You were bad at Arkansas. You're bad at Miami. You're bad at Alabama. You're bad at Maryland. Now you're bad at Arkansas again. Why with Raheem Sanders? And he's being linked to a Michigan State head coaching job. How does this guy keep getting what, what, work? What's interesting is, is they ask KJ. Like whenever they, like Pippen was like, listen, you know, if we, if we put KJ under center, then the defense is going to adjust and they'll be ready to, to, they'll be ready for the sneak. Then KJ comes down there like, are you comfortable being under center? And KJ's like, uh, I'm very comfortable being under center. I would, I prefer to be under center. We practice it all day. I don't know why Dan Enos chose to line up and shotgun with KJ Jefferson on fourth and one, but it was critical. Arkansas finished up 20% of available yards offensively. They were averaged three point yards, overall yards per play. They were atrocious in the second half. 
uh, injuries. It, it is a dark, dark forecast for the Razorbacks from here on out. Yeah, that that was the way the the path to success is. You got to beat A and M through the air, and they just weren't able to do it. Um, but another good win for A and M. There's just not much of a drop off. There's if any with uh, Max Johnson under no. center for the Aggies. All right, moving on. Oh, by the way, yeah, Auburn, what a cover, an easy cover, and they threw for 80 yards. The team can't is incapable of throwing for more than 100 yards. Uh, questions about that Georgia run defense. That was what I said. I said, based on yep. everything I'm seeing, the way to attack this Georgia team is on the ground. But, like, I didn't think it would be the Peyton Thorns running, yeah. like, se- 70 yards. On, ha- like, they had to know that's all Auburn could do. Uh, you don't the, they can't throw it downfield. You knew they were just going to have to run it the entire game, and they still were having success. That's kind of worrying. Think about, I mean, here, let me pull the numbers up, but think about this. From the get-go, Hugh Freeze came out and ran Peyton Thorne on an RPO <laughs> around both defensive edges. I don't know what's going on with Georgia. I would love to watch this film again. But I kept thinking it was Ashford in there running. It's not. A, it was, yeah, I was like, number one, that's Peyton Thorne. Well, how is Peyton Thorne running 40 yards down the field on a, on a keeper, on a zone read keeper? I mean, they, they torched the ends of Georgia. Yeah. Let me look uh, at this. Now. Yeah, I'm going to think it's a little bit more into that Georgia defense for sure, because that's what Kentucky's going to do a lot of. They're going to feed Ray Davis. Um, 5.9 yards per play for Auburn and rushing downs. Yard, five and, point- you knew, and that's all they knew was coming. You don't have to respect anything over to the top. Unbelievable. All right, I'm sitting here getting ready for the 330s. I'm feeling good. I got under 48 in the Penn State game. They throw a pick. It's over. All they got to do is take a couple knees. We're on to the 330s. No. What does that bald-headed James Franklin do? He does a fake knee pop pass for a 35-yard touchdown with two minutes to go. All he has to do is take knees. James Franklin remains the biggest clown in college football. I might be a bigger clown. Forever thinking he would do anything different in that situation. Can't wait for Michigan to hang 30 on them. Stocky, state college caller. Oh, my goodness. You guys did it again. You don't realize what James Franklin does. He does it again. Fake knee. Throws a long pass. Covers the 27. Again. Colin made the mistake against Illinois, made the mistake against West Virginia. Guys, got to start believing in James Franklin. 11 straight covers going back to last year. Go State. We are. Stocky Colin, Mike. I'm so glad James Franklin is a Penn State minus 27. So glad James Franklin is a complete ass, but their defense is legit, but their offense is horrible. I just got finished. I thought I was watching Iowa play. Is that a... uh... Is that a scotch? Is that a gin? What kind of an <laughs> accent was that? It's whiskey all the way. Uh, by, <laughs> by the way, I would make that bet a trillion times again. If it was 10-10 at the half, catching four touchdowns in a game that was so ugly, Northwestern had the ball down. First of all, they couldn't get a fourth and one a million times. Penn State scored two touchdowns on fourth downs. Northwestern turned it over on downs in their own territory on fourth and one both times. Uh, even late, Penn State got a touchdown. Northwestern still has the ball. Still easy cover. Has the ball at midfield, two to go. Down 21. And they just, th- th- I don't know what happened. He just threw a duck to the defender. And I was like, what, wait, what the, what is going on here? And I, I couldn't explain it. But then I was like, all right, pet, pet, the offensive lineman made a tackle. And I'm like, all right, we're good. But then I was like, wait, it's James Franklin. And then that, ha- ah. Yeah, but that, that was whiskey. All right, moving on. 
Colin, just saw you put it in a live bet on Indiana, plus 18, huh? Coming from a lifelong Indiana fan, what are you thinking? You work hard for your money. You put in a lot of work, making your power ratings, making your lines individually each week, and then you away money on Indiana. Tom Allen's a joke. Walt Bell's a joke. I know you know it. I've heard you talk about it. So, as an Indiana fan, if we can't win games, we can at least fade Indiana. Stop betting on the Hoosiers. I know you know this, but just a reminder. Late 22 and a half with Georgia Tech, right, Calabrese? Nice call. Helen Keller could pick winners better than you in that call you had this week. Down 23. Haynes King is good. My ass. We'll have to talk about soon here about Maryland, if they're legit and if they're in that upper tier. Um, but the Georgia Tech win was awful. I mean, Georgia Tech lost. Uh, losing is three touchdowns. I, I have Bowling Green win total under. I, that is devastating. I don't I don't know how. I, I didn't see any of that game. I'm going to have to dig into that. I have no idea how Bowling Green won that game. And we're rolling. Haynes King, 350 yards, four touchdowns versus Connor Basilak is 260 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a huge discrepancy here in finishing drives. I mean, Bowling Green averaged 4.5 points every time that they crossed. Um, huge methodical drive edge. They, they Over half their drives were all methodical, meaning they were at least 10-plus plays. Uh, and it looks like there was just an issue of, A, getting the ball, and B, there were some turnovers there in the passing game for – Hudson Card as well. I'm sorry for Haynes King as well. So, um, I, I still Card I mean, still on your mind, baby. Hudson Card on your mind. Boiler up. Inexplicable. Hey, Colin. Hey, stuff. This is Steven from New Jersey. I just got a call about this pizza. Mickey Mouse ass program. UCF Golden Knight. Eight and a half. They are cruising. This Baylor team. They're also fraud. They're terrible. It was 35 to 7 in the third quarter. And this coach has the worst decisions of his life. Dude, this UCF team is garbage. Hopefully, suck. Maybe they might be in the trash section next week because you're the only one that's going to decide to take them. These Golden Knights. UCF was up 35 7 with four to go in the third quarter and lost 36 to 35. 26 fourth them, quarter like, points. 26 you fourth them, quarter like, points. You had them like money line too, or in like a round robin or something. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, absolute meltdown of the day. Hey, Stucks. Hey, Colin. The Central Florida Golden Knights are a disgrace. Seven leg parlay today. Six legs smack no problem. What's the one that loses up 35 to 7 and your quarterback doesn't even know where the line of scrimmage is? He must be Ray Charles. He must have blinders on. I said my piece. Have a good one, guys. I made a list of things that Jack Plummer would rather do than take a sack. Number three, intentional grounding, flip for three yards. Number two, Throw the ball backwards. Let it slip out of your hands as you try and throw it. And lastly, third, throw a changeup right to the NC State letters on a defender's chest. This kid is horrendous, and I cannot wait to get picked up by him when he works for Enterprise. That kid is a bum. Hey, I had Iowa minus 13 and a half. 
That would be the last leg of a 14-leg parlay. $10 to win $14,000. And you're telling me they get in the red zone with a guy whose contract is you need to score 25 points and he doesn't want to punch it in the end zone. Just so sick. Where were you when Michael Hughes split the uprights from 54 on a chilly Saturday night in Monroe, Louisiana? I'll never forget where I was. App State, what a win. So I'm at a block party in my neighborhood here. we got Duke-Notre Dame. Duke's struggling a little bit. That's okay. Open up the app, 10-0. Notre Dame gets field goal. Oh, Duke plus 9.5 for the first half. Perfect. There's six minutes left. Plus 140. Getting all the juice. I love that. The way down the field, get down to the six-yard line. Riley Leonard, butterfingers, fumble. Thank God. Duke jumps on the ball. Oh, my God. We're alive. Chip shot field goal. Plus 140 for nine and a half points. Easy, right? Wrong. Are you kidding me? 22 yards wide right? Are you kidding me? Colin Stucky. Of course I bet Notre Dame tonight. Of course I did. Tim from Virginia. As a Maryland alum, I can't believe I bet this team. them. Steve Blake, Quan Dixon, all these guys, they're pissed at me for betting them. Are you kidding me? Sam Hartman? This gets the touchdown late? Duke! J.J. Reddick! Oh, my God. Notre Dame, Duke. You know I had the Blue Devils plus five and a half. Just had to step outside and have a cigarette. I feel like Ben Affleck, that Ben Affleck meme where he's outside smoking the cigarette, hating life and questioning every decision that he's made. But I'm questioning betting on the Blue Devils. This isn't basketball. No way in hell Coach K lets that team score on him. Sammy Hartman converting on a run on 4th and 16. And then big old big boy running back three yards in a cloud of dust and then reappears on his feet and just scampers in for a casual 25-yard touchdown and then the two-point to get the hook and bury us. Just a hell of a nightcap. I've had that cigarette many times uh, <laughs> in my life. The Ben Affleck. You're, he's the, unless we get a really good call, that's the voice, that's the call of the week. Reach out to me. Uh, you're going to be either call of the week or co-call of the week if there's another really good one. But reach out for some gear. You deserve it. Uh, all right, let's finish up. Hi there. I didn't think I'd ever call into this show because I was hoping I wouldn't. Calling here from Elko, Nevada, where I just watched freaking Mike Elko blow the f- game at the last possible second. Couldn't even be bothered to cover. You know, all you had to do was stop the f- two-point conversion. Uh, anyways, love the show, guys. Uh, guess we'll just get back at it next week. <laughs> Colin Suck, John from Long Island. I was ready to call up and annihilate my mortal enemy, Trent Dilfer, because this guy, down eight points with less than five minutes to go, fourth and six inside the 20, decides to kick a field goal. And let me do some math here. They're down eight. You kick a field goal. Okay, now I'm only down five. So guess what? I just only need a touchdown, right? (laughs) What a loser. Now, fourth and nine for the Green Wave. They're inside the UAB territory. They decide to go for it and throw a bomb touchdown in Dilfer's fat face. Enjoy those $3 margaritas, you loser. See you at Applebee's. As a UAB alumnus, what in the is RAD doing? You could have given a job to the interim guy, but no. We're going to go out and hire Trent Dilfer, who has really never done anything. 
was awful on ESPN. He was an awful quarterback in the NFL. I don't know what's worse, the fact that I bet on UAB and I knew I shouldn't have, or the fact that Trent Dilfer is leading my alma mater. Have you seen his coaching staff? You got this high school defensive coordinator. I mean, what are we doing? I can't wait to watch this clown's press conference on Monday where he talks about his wife and all this. Like, is there a bigger clown in college football than Trent Dilfer? I mean, what an embarrassment. I hope Trent Dilfer robbed in hell. Did you see him going nuts on the sidelines against yeah, all did. his coaches? I, I, I spent the majority of my four or five o'clock hour yesterday searching for Dilfer post-game press conference. I want to know why he's yelling at his own coaches. But what I found, if you guys dig far enough on Twitter, I, I found a video of him like taking one of his high school kids and just running him up a flagpole verbally, telling him to sit down on the bench, like up in his face. And this is like a kid. I mean, what is Dilfer's issue? Like, what kind of social problems do you have? Like, how, how, I can't say that. I can't say it out loud, but like, I don't know. You've just got, can I say it? I don't know. You got little dick syndrome where like you think you have to control everything and like you're the biggest ego and the biggest personality and my smoke show wife and I have friends at ESPN. Like, what is this shit, man? Why are you treating people this way on your coaching staff and on your roster? Yeah, not a good look there. Uh, but thanks for the voicemails. Uh, they were good this week. You guys are doing well. Uh, I didn't expect you the I should have, but I didn't expect UMass the amount of UMass calls, but they were they were deserved. We are uh the most transparent uh podcast you'll find out there. We take our medicine, you gotta admit when you're wrong and, and we get yelled at for it. Um and but it's cathartic. I kinda like it. Uh so uh yeah, that'll do it for the recap. Any other games that you wanted to mention? We got to a lot already. Um, let me look at the board. Cincy, Cincy is, might be dead to me. They, they just, they find ways to lose games. They cannot score in yeah. the red zone. I, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it, BYU I, I has think, major issues. BYU is still on my, on my look to fade list. Uh, you know, they got a lucky win over Arkansas. That was yeah. a pretty fortunate win. They were out game by like 250 yards in that game against Cincy and they can't run the ball. They, their defense is bad. Um, but, uh, since, since he just is, this is three weeks in a row. They're basically giving the game away. I'm on a ridiculous heater with the focus just on Colorado. Like to me, it just made absolute sense that they were going to give USC a whole bunch of issues on the offensive side of the ball, which would be Shadur getting outside the pocket and creating explosives. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. My takeaway from that game, maybe Colorado gets bowling. I don't know. We'll see. The schedule gets a lot lighter, but that USC defense, you're not winning the Pac 12. I'm sorry. Not, not winning the national title with that day. No way. Um, the yeah, that was my bet regret. But in fairness, I mentioned this on previous podcasts. So I always you have to always do this because if you're especially if you're a new recreational better, some people will be like, I should have bet Colorado, right? Then you're, uh, I, well, man, that was a winner. Then you tilt. But I also was going to bet Vandy plus fourteen, Vandy in Colorado, but they split, so I saved juice. Vandy cannot cover. They are zero and six. Have they played six games yet or five? Yeah. Uh, they cannot cover. Neither can Georgia. Um, all right, that'll do it. South, should mention one more, a couple more things. South Florida yeah. is South Florida is a uh, what is that? Your train emoji right now? That's how old I'm getting. I had to like stare at that emoji like so hard yesterday on Twitter. I didn't know what it was. Like, is that a ticket? <laughs> what is that? Uh, no, South Florida right now just just annihilated Navy. Uh, that team is starting to come into its own with Alex Galesh there. He was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee last year. So keep your eyes on them right now. They're steaming. 
Uh, Troy was a really good call against uh, uh, against Georgia State. Absolutely annihilated and beat him by 20. That Georgia State secondary really suffered. Um, you know, I don't know why Oregon. It's Oregon on the road. It's Bo Nix on the road. So you have to expect some hurdles. They didn't score for like, what, the first quarter and then ended up covering there. Um, you know, Stanford's going to end up being the team that Colorado needs probably to get to bowl season. Uh, Texas State, I mean, for all that uh, money that was coming in on Southern Miss to keep that spread down, Texas State really showed up with that offense and uh, took advantage of Southern Miss. And then after that, last thing I'll mention, San Diego State is just a a paying ATM cash machine on overs. This team cannot control anybody else's offense. This team loves to scramble and just have explosive, uh, chaotic touchdowns with with Jalen Maiden. So uh, overs keep, keep continuing on San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, good, good ones there. Uh, Colin is going to give us a, a quick look ahead once the look ahead once the lines come out for week six. Thank you, Stucky. Week six look ahead lines. Let's start off with where I'm seeing weather. Northern Illinois and Akron looks like there's going to be some wind and some rain. I power rate that game a lot less than where the total opened up. Be looking for that. Sunday night or Monday, the the totals are really, they come out, they're sparse, they move real quick, but these are the ones that I'm looking at from a weather perspective. Akron at home hosted Northern Illinois. I project that way lower than where it opened. Army Boston College is going to have some rain. Project that one at 51. Buffalo Central Michigan, I've got some weather happening there. Again, last one, Toledo and UMass, uh, definitely some weather that's going to be hitting Amherst. Uh, check your wind there. Uh, wind really affects totals, especially 15 miles an hour or above. If you get some precip, I think it's really important to try to find that broken tackle sta- uh, um, rating, uh, PFF tackling, things like that. Because when you have wet weather, generally arm tackles just don't get it done. All right. As far as a few that I hit on the app, the first one's going to be Texas Tech and Baylor. Baylor came out as a favorite in this game, uh, I believe by a couple points, it's already taken some steam on Texas Tech here in the market. Both quarterbacks, Baron Morton is going to be healthy for this game. Blake Shapin's going to be healthy for this game. And I get it that Baylor had a, like a 26-point quarter there at the end to come all the way back on UCF. But at the same time, from a season-long statistics, I just don't see how the Baylor defense is going to stop what Texas Tech is able to do, especially on the ground. It's a number that I power rate Texas Tech minus two. So expect to see that steam cross zero and get up there. Next one after that is Oregon State going to take on Cal. It's a, a number I believe I hit at minus nine on Oregon State on the road. I power rate this Oregon State minus 11. So I do expect it to cross 10, potentially go higher. We'll see. Uh, there are some other power rating systems out there I see that have got this up around two touchdowns. So it may go past my projected spread of 11, but I think if you can get 10 or better on Oregon State, you should. Cal's defense against the run is pretty putrid. Uh, ben Finley I was injured in, in the game for week five. And Sam Jackson had to play and Oregon State's been really good against the run. If Sam Jackson's playing for Cal, that even helps that. So I would look for Oregon State, who's on an extra night of rest. So go Beavs. And another game I'm on is going to be on Thursday night, Western Kentucky and La Tech. This is simply just a play like on two factors. First, I I power rate this game as a pick. I'm not sure why Western Kentucky is coming in. As a touchdown favorite, Hank Bachmeyer did not play for Louisiana Tech in the last game. We'll see if he plays this week, but the power rating that I have in this game with or without Hank Bachmeyer says that this should be a pick. Uh, so I don't necessarily agree with Western Kentucky being the favorite here. Plus, when you look at Louisiana Tech, if they have a redeeming factor that comes out of their defense, they're a top 20 coverage unit out of all the teams in college football. So I definitely like La Tech 
Thursday night football, any points you can get. Um, I believe seven, seven half is out there on Sunday. Other than that, games that I have not hit that I definitely have my eye on. Iowa, Purdue, I don't think should be around a field goal. It should be more around Iowa laying a touchdown. I'm not sure how you justify uh, the Hawkeyes and their offense and laying points, but uh, they definitely should be a touchdown favorite over Purdue. UCF and Kansas, this is a game that I power rate Kansas minus one, minus one and a half. So I think if you can get UCF plus three, you'll want to do that. Now, John Reese Plumley is going to come back and that's going to make UCF way more potent on the ground. And, you know, that Kansas defense has been pretty poor against the run and they're almost dead last in the nation in defensive finishing drive. So they're giving up a lot of TDs this year. I do like UCF in this one. I think that steam's going to move it down around pick. Wouldn't be surprised if it might go the other way in UCF's favor, depending on Jalen Daniels. Keep your eyes open on quarterback Jalen Daniels. He was a late scratch, uh, hurt back. If he's not good to go and we're down to Jason Bean, kind of hurts the depth, kind of hurts the explosiveness of the Kansas offense. After that, I have Missouri uh, power rated at three and a half as an underdog three and a half at home. Um, listen, LSU's numbers are really bad on defense. They didn't get any better with the game that they played against Ole Miss when you have a boat race like that. But at the same time, I, I've got to get comfortable enough with backing Brady Cook if he's playing, make sure he's at full health. I want to see if Luther Burden is at full health. I know they were both on the injury report this past coming week. If they're both at full strength, I power rate this at three and a half. Uh, with Missouri as a dog. So I would probably partake going against LSU, uh, but it's it's tough with them. They're pretty amazing offensively and they are uh, atrocious on defense. But if Missouri's at full strength, got to make it a play. After that, Alabama, Texas A&M, one of the biggest games of the weekend. I power rate this game as a pick'em. You can see Alabama's down around three and a half. I believe they were game of the year eight in this spot. So they have taken a severe adjustment here. And, you know, another play that I did have early out was the over in this game. Um, I believe over 48 is what I hit on open. It's a game I make 55. Uh, Jalen Milrow is going to be able to scramble and get around here on this Texas A&M defense. At the same time, Max Johnson is not a downgrade. You saw them go explosive against Arkansas, and they're going to be able to do that against Alabama, probably on the underneath. So, um, you know, I expect this to be a high-scoring game. I do like Texas A&M, Alabama to the over. I am eyeing Texas A&M on the spread. All right, that's going to do it for week six look ahead lines. Good luck on your upcoming wagers. Back to the show. All right, thanks, Colin. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Special thanks to the voicemail callers. Thanks for Colin. Thanks to Colin for joining me as always. Thanks to our audio and video producers on the back end. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a five star review. They really help us out. Um, we'll do giveaways again. If I mentioned your name on the last podcast, if you missed it, we did some giveaways. Make sure you reach out to me or our producer, Matt Mitchell, and we'll get you some gear. But it's time for us to go find some winners for week six, headlined by Alabama A&M and the Red River rivalry shootout, whatever you want to call it, showdown. Uh, so those will be two games that we'll cover in depth, along with more trash. Does UMass want to buy? I don't know. Well, I'll have to go look. Uh, more trash and hopefully more winners. But uh, thanks for tuning in. And make, by the way, make sure Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, live, YouTube, new BCS. Wednesday, group of five guys. Then Colin, I'll be back late Thursday night with the week, week six full in-depth preview. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Peace out.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.